Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. Today, we're going to get into some WWDC rumors, some iPhone 14 rumors. I was just telling David that number somehow sounds weird to me still, (laughs) iPhone 14, but it's coming up uh, just in a few months that we'll be getting that. So we're going to talk about those rumors. We also have lots of tips and tricks. So before we get into the episode, David's going to tell us about our sponsor. Okay, so we've got a couple sponsors today. Uh, The first one is Jamf. Uh, Jamf, for those longtime listeners will know, is a software for small to mid-sized businesses to manage their iPhones uh, and all their Apple products. So it allows you to easily set up your iPhones with all the custom settings that you need, including um, device management and if you have custom apps, things like that. But I'm really excited to tell you about their new product, Jamf Fundamentals, because in addition to device management for enterprise, they have awesome new features. Number one, it now has password management, so you can have passwords controlled for your company level included in the software. And number two, it now has malware protection. So really awesome additions. It's called Jam Fundamental. Make sure you check it out if you are a small to mid-sized business who provides Apple products. And they are industry leader by far. Pretty much any company that provides Apple products is using their technology in one way or another. Number two is GoBuddy, and GoBuddy has really practical solutions for uh, your Apple products. They have really great accessories that are affordable. Today, I'm going to tell you about their crossbody lanyard, and what it is, it's a, as it sounds like, it's a lanyard that attaches to your iPhone, so you, um, you attach it to your phone, which sits here, and it makes it really easy to access your phone hands-free, so you don't need to have it, if you're on a hike or something, and you don't want it in your pocket or you're using like say athletic sports something like that you don't want to fall out it keeps your phone securely right by your side to take photos to access it hand-free it's super comfortable very affordable and now they offer two sizes so if you are on the smaller side they have a solution for you as well i also wanted to take a moment to tell you about our free tip of the day newsletter We send an email every morning to you with a tip that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in under one minute. And this is our most popular product. It's completely free. You sign up at iphonelife.com slash daily tips and you join a community of over 250,000 people who are mastering their iPhone in under one minute a day. So I highly recommend you go and sign up at iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And we crossed 300. We're, we have, we're now over 300,000. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, like I said, iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And I wanted to share one of our tips this week that I think is a great one. It is how to make your iPhone vibrate when receiving calls and texts. So this is a nice middle ground, both if you um, have a hard time, uh, if you have a hard time with your phone on silent, missing calls, you can use this feature and have it vibrate on silent, or you can have a vibrate along with your ringtone just as an extra way to make sure that you're not missing Mm. your call. Because sometimes your phone will ring and um, you won't know if it's your phone or someone else's, but if it's vibrating, it's a way to indicate like, oh, this is mine. Totally. So... Here's how you do it. Open your settings app, go to sounds and haptics, then you tap to enable vibrate on ring, or you can choose vibrate on silent. You can have them both on or one or the other, 
depending on your preferences. And that's just where you go to control it. So I wanted to share this tip. I also wanted to talk to you about it. <laughs> David. I, yeah, I was ready to get into it. Um, so I wanted to see what, what's your settings. I for this? always have silent vibrate. Like I never have a ringtone and I never have it all the way silent unless you I have always have your phone silenced. I always have my phone silenced, but it vibrates. Okay. So my cool. point is I don't have a ring and I don't have it have no sounds at all. It's always on vibrate mode. Okay. I just was curious if you meant more like you have the silent switch toggled on the side of your yes, phone on all the time. Okay. Got it. So um, what's your reasoning behind that? Um, I think I don't like to be dis- – I find it disruptive both to me and other people, especially if I'm using my phone out in public. And like if you have the switch toggled on and the sounds, there are so many sounds your phone makes. <laughs> Every keyboard tap, it's like clicking and you're like sending messages and getting message back. And it's like so many noises and I feel like in public I don't want to be doing that. Also, especially – you know, I think we all sometimes have this habit of like, if I'm in a conversation with somebody, sometimes I need to like send a quick text to respond and then look back up and keep the conversation going. Yeah. And it's really obvious that I'm doing, I mean, I'm not, I don't hide it, but like, I feel like it makes it extra rude if as they're talking to me, my phone just making all these weird noises. Like totally, yeah. I don't like any of those noises. What about you? What do you do? So I agree with you that it's disruptive. I keep my phone pretty much always on silent. And the new thing I'm doing though, is I have um, vibration different types of vibration set up for some different contexts contacts so that not only will I know if someone texted me, but I know who texted me just by the vibration pattern. Oh, I really like that. So yeah, I wanted to like add that on as a bonus tip of how to do that. Yeah, I do. I have noticed because I think some of those are set up by default, like a text message is a different vibration than a calendar reminder, for example. Yeah. And I I discovered one day that my brain had learned those without me knowing it. (laughs) And I would be like, I would know just by the vibration whether I got a text, but I never consciously realized that I was learning that pattern. That's kind of an example of Apple like successfully designing things in an intuitive way, which they're known for. Um, Yeah. So I, I think that when I first like thought of this tip, I didn't think that it would work that well because I didn't think that I would be able to recognize a vibration yeah. pattern that well, but like, but it is surprisingly effective. So the way you do it is you navigate to the contact that you want to customize. So the fastest way that I like to do it is just in the phone app and tap on the name of a contact and you tap the little info icon um, and then tap edit. Is that how I do it? Hmm. No. Okay. So I'm blanking on like where you get this menu where it lets you set up a customized ringtone for a person. Let me just look this up. Oh, there's a ringtone. No, no, no. In edit, if you go into contacts, you go into edits, there's a ringtone for sure. Okay. Yeah. So once you tap, I just didn't scroll down far enough. Once you tap edit in the upper right quarter on on somebody's contact card then there's ringtone and text tone which you can from there go and set up in a custom way and of course you can set a different ringtone for them but you also they'll say vibration and you can choose that between default and then there's like a bunch of different options this is also where you can set up emergency bypass for certain contacts which will allow their ring to come through even when your phone is silenced mm. which i in general do not recommend doing because <laughs> if you, especially if you do it for too many people, then your silencing just doesn't work and you could be in a meeting and it's going to be really loud. Um, a couple things to add here. Number one, I just want to point out the difference between 
uh, ringtone and text tone. I think the names are self-explanatory, but ringtone is obviously for when they call you versus text tone is when they text you. Uh, number two, I want to point out the difference between you. There's a place here to set the actual tone, which is the noise it makes. But if you are like me and you have your phone on silent except for vibrate, that won't do anything for you. So you yeah. also, in that same area, is vibration. And so that's where you want to can set up the kind, the pattern that it vibrates at. And it gives you, oh, about 10 default options. But also there's this cool thing in the bottom that says custom new vibration. And you can actually create your own vibration for people if you want to do something beyond just their five to ten default options. So what is your reasoning for not, are you, are you the same as me? Why is it that you don't have any sounds? Uh, because I find it disruptive. Yeah. I mean, I think that like at work, you know, if your phone is ringing or you're making like keyboard clicking noises, you're just bothering other people. And then similarly, like in social settings, it's not as much of a big deal. But I'd still prefer my phone not be, like, ringing when I'm hanging out with people. Totally. You know? And I feel like, too, in addition to the disruptive to other people, one of the things, you know, we've talked about this with our notification preferences, but, like, I'm trying to prevent my phone from being too disruptive to me. Like, I want it yeah. to get my attention when I need it to get my attention, but I don't want it to be constantly uh, getting my attention and distracting me when I really don't want to be paying attention to my phone. So the, the noises are just a little bit more disruptive to me than the vibrations, which is why I think I like the vibrations as well, just for my own per personal sanity. <laughs> yeah. This would be a fun question of the week. I'd be curious for all of you listening at home. Do you have your phone ring? Do you keep your sounds on? Do you use vibrations only? You can email us at podcast at iphonelife.com to tell us about your ringtone preferences <laughs> and text tone preferences. To me, I think the one that really puts it over the top is the keyboard clicks. Like who wants keyboard clicks the entire time you're like on your phone? It's too much. I know. They're actually kind of a satisfying sound, but for the most part, I don't want them on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. If I were just sitting alone in my room, they're satisfying. But like when I'm out in public, it's too much. Yeah, too much. Definitely. All right, moving on. I want to tell you about our premium subscription, which is called iPhone Life Insider. So our tip of the day is a great way to start learning about your iPhone. You get these little bite-sized tips. If you join Insider, you're joining a community of over 11,000 people, or is it 12,000 now? We're up to 12,000. Okay. Updates, everybody. Yeah, update. Big news. <laughs> you join a community of over 12,000 other Apple enthusiasts who are mastering their iPhones with also really, um, really easily digestible content, but that is more thorough and in-depth. So you get these video guides that are split up into different categories and sections on everything from your iPad to your Mac to the new latest operating system for your iPhone. And you get downloadable PDFs that you get to download and keep forever that have step-by-step tips on how to master whatever the topic is that's related to your Apple devices. You also get live online courses where we hold four courses a year and you can join live sessions where you can ask instructors your questions and, um, you know, chat with us in the, in our chat box. And so it's a really great way to learn about different Apple-related topics as well. We have uh, the full digital magazine that you get access to, uh, ad-free version of this podcast, and um, you get Ask an Expert. So we have a team, our editorial team here, that all spends our days researching 
Apple-related how-tos. And so if you stumble across a problem you're having, you email us and one of the people on our editorial team will guaranteed respond to you and help you find a solution to your issue. So once you join us, you're, we help unblock any of the sort of roadblocks with your mm -hmm. Apple devices and help you master your Apple devices. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you get a special discount for being a podcast listener. Plus, if you are a senior, if you're 60 or over, veteran, service per personnel, or health professional, you get an extra 10% off at checkout. And I want to put in a quick plug for our upcoming guide. We have our iOS 15.5 guide. Mm -hmm. So our, one of our most popular guides, by far our most popular guides for the year actually, is whenever Apple releases a new operating system, the day they release that new operating system, we come out with a comprehensive guide of everything you need to know to master it. So our iOS 15 guide was our most popular guide we've ever done. But since iOS 15 came out, Apple over the last six months has rolled out a bunch of new features that weren't included in the original release. So we're going to release an updated iOS 15.5 guide, not only with all of the updates with iOS 15, but everything that's come out since. So it's going to be really awesome because it's going to have all the new features. And a lot of them, I find whenever Apple comes out with a new operating system, I I guess it's my job, but I always read up on all of it. But I miss a lot of the updates that happen throughout the year. So this is a great way to catch up on all those updates that you may not have even noticed happened. It's true. Um, so I wanted to tell you about a question that recently came up. It actually, to be completely honest, it was not one of our insiders <laughs> who asked it. Usually on the podcast, we read out an insider question. This question came within the team. Yes. But it's a really good tip. So I want to share it with you. Um, one of our team members, it was Raf, right? Mm -hmm. Who is our chief technology officer. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes to show you that <laughs> these are services that are not only for beginners, but anybody on any s scale of technology mastery still can use help with their iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you can be techie, but sometimes you don't take the time to research all these different things. We do that for you. So yes. uh, Raf was trying to figure out how to delete all these old irrelevant reminders. He had like many reminders on his phone that he no longer needed and wanted to know how to delete them. Which is a really common problem, especially if you have reoccurring reminders, like I do. Yeah, and then I'll, get out of hand. And I'll forget to check them off, and then suddenly I'll have like a weekly reoccurring reminder for the last year, and I'll just have like, you know, 50 of them saying, don't forget to take out the trash. Which, I, which is actually a really good recurring reminder. Yeah. On trash day. <laughs> extra tip for you. Extra tip. And I, if you're like our city and you have different trash days and recycling days, that's how I tell them apart. Do you do this? Oh. I have recycling reminder and trash reminder alternating weeks so I know if it's recycling week. Mm, good. Bonus good. tip. <laughs> Bonus tip. No, I have not done that and okay. I should. So usually the traditional way to do this, which would is annoying and no one wants to take the time to do, is that you would tap, like go to your list of reminders and tap edit and you can go in and like one by one check them off. Or actually in reminders, you can't even do that. You just have to literally like check you just the, have to tap go. the little circle that says like, I did it. Yeah. Um, so you'd go tap the circle. But there's this tip that David discovered recently where you press and hold with two fingers and then you can like go through and just mass like mass select and delete them it's amazing yeah so this is uh if you're an insider we talked about this last week so uh, a little plug for insiders they get a bonus section at the end of each episode where we talk about complaints and learning and last week i 
to talk about this discovery I had of this shortcut that Apple built into their iPhones that I didn't know that it works on a lot of different Apple apps. Uh, it works on notes, it works on mail, it works on reminders, it works on messages, I believe. Um, I'm probably missing a couple of them. But if you take two fingers and you start to swipe down, it will automatically select everything you you've tapped on. So it's really useful for mass editing of these things. And this is a really good use case where on reminders, you have all these reminders you're trying to clear out, take two fingers and start swiping and it'll automatically select them for you. And I did want to say, like, I'm just doing this right now, that there is a little bit of finesse still required. To the two fingers, yeah. So, because like sometimes when I'm first starting to do this, it's like doing the thing where it's thinking that I want to like move that item um, just down. But if you like, if you press and hold and you fiddle with it a little bit, once it selects one and has a check mark next to it, that's when at that point is when you can start dragging your fingers down and it'll... It's a little finicky, which yeah. is part of maybe why it took us so long to discover it. But it only takes, it's like that beginning move that's a little finicky. And then from there, it's really easy just to like swipe down and suddenly I've selected all these reminders and then can hit delete. Yes. Very satisfying. Um, all right. <laughs> so... David, we have news we want to talk about, or really it's rumors. Coming up soon on June 6th, Apple's holding its annual developers conference, the Worldwide Developers Conference. And the keynote for that, which also will be on June 6th, is where Apple unveils all of its new operating systems and um, sometimes new products. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're really starting to get into the most exciting time of the year yes. for Apple enthusiasts because not only do we get all the software announcements, but we're getting into rumor season for the new iPhone, which will presumably come out in, in September. So we plan on next episode, which will be two weeks from now, mm -hmm. one week before WWDC, getting really deep into all of the operating system rumors that we know about. So I'm going to just gloss over a few of those because um, we have a few now, but we'll go more deeply in a couple weeks. And then I have some device rumors as well. So the rumors for iOS 16 so far are that it will, and these seem pretty um, well-sourced. It was by, I'm blanking on the person's name, but he's one of the main leakers who always knows these things. And often when Apple wants to intentionally leak things, they call him. Uh, so it, that iOS 16 will largely look the same as iOS 15, so it won't be major um, visual overhaul. But what they're planning is a huge overhaul of a lot of their built-in apps which I'm really excited about. A lot of their built-in apps feel like they haven't been changed very much recently um, and are really getting a little bit outdated. And you know, third-party apps are getting much more advanced than the built-in apps. As an example, one of our sponsors, uh, Fanatic, has a calendar app, which is just so much, has so much more powerful than the built-in calendar app. So Apple is planning on redesigning a lot of their uh, built-in apps and hopefully will improve them a lot. My fingers crossed they redesigned the podcast app because I think it's terrible. They already sort of tried in recent tried years and, failed, and yeah. I feel like they failed. Yeah, definitely. They like made it up more visually appealing but actually ignored all the underlying functionality. <laughs> so, so we'll see. But I, I'm excited about this rumor because it, it seems overdue. It seems like Apple has really, in a lot of ways, left most of the built-in apps. I mean, they make small changes here and there, but largely untouched for years. 
Um, iOS 7, they did a huge amount of changes, but like, I mean, obviously there've been changes throughout, but I feel like we're overdue to, for large changes to these apps because we all use them every day. One thing that um, I'm just pulling up our rumor roundup on the site too for the iOS 16 update. And uh, one thing that's rumored that's not exciting is that this new update will not be compatible with the iPhone 6S. It's for a long time been that all the new updates are, are pretty compatible with older devices. And this year, that one will be retired, supposedly. My memory is each year they retire one device. But I think last year they made an exception to that rule. Um, in yeah, part last because year I like think iOS 14 was kind of buggy. And so they wanted iOS 15 to be replace it on all the devices. Um, but no, I think that is not uncommon to replace those older phones. And, you know, to me as... I'm such an enthusiast that I tend to always have the newest phones. To me, I'm always like, oh, whatever, who needs it? But like, I'm always shocked by how many people are using these older devices. Yeah. Even a lot of our listeners and readers email us and tell us they're still using these devices. So people who are enthusiasts, I mean, Apple devices last a long time. So it is, it is a bummer when your device stops getting supported. Yeah. Another, a couple other interesting rumors is um, one rumor is for interactive widgets, which I think would be so cool because widgets now, like if you tap on them, it will take you to the part of the app um, for whatever function it was that the widget was showing. Like for instance, if you're looking at weather in your hometown, it'll take you to the relevant place when you tap on it. Or similarly, um, you know, a podcast app, if you're skipping a certain, if you're like going to a certain podcast show, when you tap it, it'll open that up and take you to that place. But would be even better is if the pod, if the widget didn't make you go into the app. If you yeah. could just do stuff with the widget and not have to go anywhere. No, I, in, in you saying that, I suddenly got retroactively angry that they don't already have that. Because <laughs> I have Audible as a widget because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And when I, what I have to do, because it always has the book I'm listening to up, but I have to tap on it. It opens up the app, and then I have to tap play. Yeah. And it's, it's so it's such a waste. I'm like, no, why can't I just tap play from the widget? Yeah. Um, the other thing that was rumored that is a little bit of a um, tease because they didn't give a lot of details, they, they rumored a whole new way to interact with your phone, which I don't know what that means. Hmm. I read some speculation that... Um, is that like AR or VR or something? Well, the speculation I read actually was a little bit less like crazy than the, the rumor makes it sound, which is that Google has introduced this, um, this technology where it uses the equivalent of Face ID to tell if you're looking at your phone. And when you're looking at your phone, you don't have to say, hey, Google, or hey, and, and so, or, hey Siri. So I think it would be like... It will use face recognition technology to when you're looking at your phone. We have a HomePod back there. In case y'all didn't notice in our new studio, we have a HomePod. And it actually has some cool shortcuts for our studio where we can tell it we're recording and stuff. But it's a good reminder to not say the hey S word. Yes. <laughs> S word in this case being Siri. She's listening. <laughs> She's always listening. Uh, it would be so that you could just talk to your phone. And it would know when you're looking at your phone and you could just talk to it and navigate your phone that way, which would be interesting. I don't know if it'll be cool or not. We'd have to see. Yeah. So June 6th, we're going to find out. And then I've got some iPhone rumors for you. Yes, let's hear it. Okay. So let's start with the, um, the least exciting one. And it's unfortunately also not a rumor, but it is confirmed. So on Apple's recent earnings call, they uh, confirmed that they will be raising the price of the new iPhone in the when it comes out. No. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising with inflation and increased uh, cost of material goods. 
it makes sense, um, but it's a bummer, especially because these devices are already really, really expensive. Yeah, that is a bummer. Did they say by how much? They, if they did, I missed it. Okay. Um, I believe I read like a hundred dollars, but yeah, that would be my guess. That'd be my guess. I I don't want to. I don't remember clearly. Okay. Okay. Um. So the good news though is that all of the rumors I'm reading say on the pro models of the phones they will be replacing the notch with what they're calling a cutout. <laughs> and so basically, obviously, you like, still... Is that better? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing is, is that like when the notch came out, everyone like hated it and said it was the worst thing ever. And then we've all gotten used to it. Um, but basically, it's, you know, they've continually made the notch smaller and smaller. This would be the next step where it's not even going to be a notch. It's going to be the screen will be the entire front of your phone. Uh, but there will still be a little cutout for your camera and your face ID. So that, I think it just, you know, makes it more screen real estate, which is nice and looks a little bit better. Man, that'll be a reason for me to upgrade to the Pro. Right now, I just have the base level 13, mm -hmm. uh, which I've been fine with, but that, like, would incentivize really? me to want... Yeah. It would be nice to not have that. I think it'll be cool, although when I looked at the mock-ups of it, like you were kind of implying, it didn't look dramatically different. You were, it like, looked yeah, a, a little out different. And a notch just sounds like two <laughs> words for the same thing. Well, it's a little bit more screen real estate. Yeah, but so if it is different, then that, that would be, I would like that. Yeah. The other rumor is actually, interestingly, for the 2023 model. And actually, I've been reading that the 2023 model, which would, of course, be the iPhone 15, is going to be a major overhaul. Like, I think they're working on some pretty crazy stuff. So a couple rumors that I've been reading that That's they're exciting. working on. This one, these are a lot. Okay, I'll start with the not speculative one. The one that seems pretty certain to happen is in the iOS 15 that they're going to switch to USB-C. That would be cool, I think. I think so, point. too. Yeah. Um, it's weird because Apple's hand is sort of being forced by some European regulations. Europe has actually regulated that people have to use USB-C now as opposed to Lightning, um, which I have kind of mixed feelings about that being like a law. It seems like we should let technology guide, it, guide the progress on that. But nonetheless, I agree with you that I, the Lightning cable has has seen its time like it was awesome yeah. when it replaced the 16 pin but it's so silly that iphone users and android users have to have two separate cables when they're basically identical and apple has switched USB-C for macs and for ipads why are we still using lightning cable yeah i mean if you have a newer macbook especially like that's really appealing or if you have an like one of the ipads that has USB-C, which don't you yeah i do no when i travel it's so like crazy it's really nice the number of cables i need one to use cable yeah, yeah for everything that being said as insiders will know if they follow along my things you should know series right USB-C is actually really complicated and you may still need to carry different USB-C cables depending on how many watts you need to charge and what functionality you need for these cables so it's a whole mess but at least having a universal cable size, I think, makes sense. And then Android and iPhone users can use the same cable at long last and we'll have world peace. So couldn't you use, like, the lowest powered USB-C cable and then use it for, like, your more powerful devices, too, and it'll take longer to charge? Yeah, but really what you'd want to do is the reverse, is you'd want to have a cable that charged the thing that use the most wattage because you can always have too much wattage you can always have oh i thought it was an issue like it'd be dangerous to no it's it's the opposite issue is the one you were saying if you have if if you have a cable that charges at say 15 watts which is perfect for your iphone and you plug it into my computer 
my computer charges 140 watts. So it would take hours and hours to charge. And if I were using my computer, the battery would drain faster than it would charge. Oh. Um, which is actually a, a lot of times when people say their phone stopped working or their, especially when their computer stopped working, it's often that they're using the wrong power adapters or the wrong cables. Mm, okay. So charging like a using 150 watt charger won't hurt your it iPhone. It will not hurt your iPhone. You can always use one that supports higher wattage. You just can't use one that supports too low wattage or it won't charge efficiently. Okay, cool. Good to know. <laughs> Another episode of David Jack. <laughs> Thing, the details you should know but don't want to know by yeah. David. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is the end of my rumor roundup. Um, but we do have... One other news item here. Yes. Okay. So our other news item is that Apple has officially retired the iPod. The iPod Touch for what has still been available on the Apple website, no more. So this is really the end of a long era. The, the iPod era. era, especially for like our age, you know, millennials that grew up with iPods, it's kind of a nostalgic product. No, I agree. I think it really is like draws a line in the sand if you feel sad or not about this. It's like if you don't feel sad about this, you were born in a different era in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like app, it was really such a foundational Apple product. The original iPod was a, my first Mac product. How about you? Oh, definitely. I still remember going to Best Buy and buying it and being so excited about it. Yeah, and it definitely was one of those... Like, I feel like Apple was even, like, cooler when we were growing up that in terms of just the brand identity yeah. of it than it is now. Or, like, I remember thinking getting an Apple product, getting an iPod, I felt extremely cool. Those those iPod commercials with the people dancing with the mm -hmm. backgrounds. And I still, do you still have this experience? I'll still hear songs come on the radio, and I'll think, that's an iPod commercial. Like, the Feist song, the one, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, very uh, iconic. Yeah. Yeah, and then the thing that was so tricky at that time, though, was if you lost your iPod or, like, it got smashed or something, you would just, like, lose your songs? Well, uh, no, because they were still on your computer. Oh, okay. Well, I felt like they're – maybe it was just because, like, I didn't have my own computer yeah. at that time or something. I didn't have uh, – it felt much more, like – you know, and then we didn't have iCloud. And so it was much more like felt scary to lose your iPod. And for years, I had an iPod touch because I couldn't afford an iPhone. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I would travel with it and I would use it to connect to Wi-Fi and suddenly it would be like this cool thing where I'd have basically a phone if I ever had Wi-Fi. So I'm, I'm still sentimental about the iPod touch in addition to the iPod. Remember that tiny little iPod that you would like clip onto things? The shuffle? What was that? The those iPod are cool. Shuffle. That's what I had. I had the iPod shuffle. You know, those are actually, there's a couple Apple products, iPod shuffle, and actually, funnily enough, the big HomePod are pretty valuable for resale because they're still like cool in a way that you can't replace. What did the iPod shuffle do? What was different about it? I can't remember. It was that it was tiny, but you couldn't, like the normal iPods, you could control what song you played and you had like that iconic wheel. Yeah. Uh, and then later, obviously, a touchscreen. But that shuffle, it literally shuffled. So it, it would just play a random song and all you could do is play, pause, or skip. But it was so it was little, it just nice clipped on. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the end of an era, and I feel sad. I Goodbye, saw iPod. I saw a funny meme, though, of being like, 
kids these days will never know what it was like to have, and then had like the five different ways, like Death Cab for Cutie, which is a band, if you're a millennial, you grew up with. Uh, but it was like each word was capitalized and not capitalized. That's its own artist. Do you remember how complicated it was to like curate your music so that it was like sometimes you have like five versions of the same artist because of like the different capitalization yeah, preferences yeah, and yeah. stuff like that? Like all the duplicates. Yeah, end of an era. Yeah. <laughs> so, so R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Pod or not podcast. R.I.P. That actually is when the legacies too. The podcast came from the um, from the iPod. The podcasting podcast came out when the iPod came out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's the podcast iPod. Mm, okay. Cool. All right, Donna. So tell us about your apps or gear this week. Okay. So I have one. I actually am having my dad review it for me. Um, and it's called the Jabra Enhance Plus. And they're earbuds that, um, that enhance sound. And they're sort of like the gateway drug of hearing aids. <laughs> People who are in denial that they need a hearing yeah. aid, but actually need hearing aids. <laughs> yeah, my mom recently, she was like, we've got to, we've got to get my dad to like wear hearing aids. And, um, you know, he definitely is not super excited about that idea. And it's somewhat recent that he's like realizing that he's not hearing as well. Um, but anyway, I remembered at CES this year, there was a product from Jabra that was like specifically tailored for this, you know, just to enhance sound to, um, you know, if you, because I, I don't think he's to the level that he does actually need hearing aids. Yeah. It's just that, you know, some stuff is, is getting by him. And it this is cool because it sort of tunes out like ambient noise, just noises that I think as you're starting to have a harder time hearing can really um, distract from hearing the person talking to you mm. and enhances their, their voice. So he's only had it for about a week now. They cost about $800. Oh, wow. Um, but compared to hearing aids, that's yeah. cheap. Uh, but I, he has not yet been to an audiologist, which you... Jabra recommends doing in order to like tailor them specifically to you. Cause he was, as he's starting to mess with it, he's having some issues with, um, you know, it's like, he's saying it's making his voice sound louder, which he doesn't want. So he's trying to figure out that. So I'm like, you got to go to the audiologist and get it set up right. I think to get the most out of it, but he's excited. And I think it's just a cool concept for a product because yeah. hearing aids, I think still like people feel a lot of people feel like a mental block against getting totally. them. Totally. It's like an acceptance of aging. And it's expensive. And, and um, you know, so if you don't really need it, you might not want to go that route yet. But wearing like cool wireless earbuds doesn't signal like getting older. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that that's a, a good way to sort of like, you know, test the waters. It's funny because we were talking about the same thing for the Apple Watch and we have somebody on our team whose mother wears the Apple Watch for fall detection mm -hmm. for the same reason that wearing the Lifeline or whatever it's called felt like they were accepting, it, it was dorky, it was uncomfortable, it was accepting that they were like at an age that they didn't resonate with. Uh, yeah. But an Apple Watch is cool. It's functional. Nobody's going to judge you. It doesn't have the same stigma, but it has fall detection. And um, she's fallen several times and it's really been valuable. Yeah. I mean, the Apple watch I think is an amazing product in general for, you know, if you're older and living alone yeah. wearing that, I mean, you might also want to have the lifeline, but the, um, the Apple watch also with emergency SOS and other, um, other features like the heart arrhythmia detection mm -hmm. or there's just a lot of things that like I would feel a lot more safe and secure 
having that. Mm-hmm. And I will put in a plug for one of our sponsors, and this is not a paid plug, but they're actually a very great product, which is Eargo, which is sort of the next step up. It's not, it's yeah. an actual hearing aid, but they have, um, A, it works with your iPhone, so you can customize it on your iPhone with a lot of cool ways. They're sleek, they fit, they're really small, and the audiologists, they have audiologists as part of their program. So you can have a consultation with somebody on their team and they're, they're pretty affordable. So that's another option if you're one step above <laughs> yeah. Jabra. So with the Ergo too, don't they also give you like a free trial? I thought that there was... I believe they do. I have, yeah. have to look that up. It's been a while since they've been a sponsor of the podcast, okay. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll keep reporting back once once my dad actually gets to the audiologist and gets it set up to see how it's working out for him. But he's excited about That's it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So mine uh, is a product that I've talked about a lot, but I've, I've, I've gone deep. I've gone down the rabbit hole, Donna. Let's hear it. It's Philips Hue. Oh my gosh, are you geeking out on smart oh, homes again? So I'm so deep down this rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, so Philips Hue, for those who don't know, uh, is a smart light, and it's my favorite smart light by far because it just works. Like with smart home technology, it can be kind of finicky. So for as an example, I AirPlay speakers have this annoying habit of sometimes cutting in and out. And so like if I'm listening to a podcast, suddenly my AirPlay speaker will cut out for a little bit. There's just a lot of finicky things. And and light bulbs, some smart light bulbs are like that where you go to turn on the light and it won't turn on and it's so frustrating. So I've always had really good luck with Philips Hughes. They just work uh, in a way that the other ones do not. They're smart home or they're HomeKit compatible. So my latest round, I've done two things. (laughs) Number one, I splurged, actually all of this is a giant splurge if I'm honest. I splurged and got all the colored versions of the light bulbs instead of just the white versions, Um, which the colored versions are much more expensive, but they're so cool. And especially if you have them now, I have them almost every light in my house is that. So you can set up scenes across your entire house. So I can be like set up spring blossom and then all of my lights will have like little pink hues or like sometimes I'll go a little crazy and I'll be like set up Tokyo and then there'll be like bright blue lights in one corner of the room and pink lights in the other corner of the room. That sounds totally fun. And you can like now there's like a little you can like have it so that the lights will like adjust over the course of an evening. So like the blue light over time will turn pink and the pink light will turn blue. Um, So I've really gone for it. Do you feel like these different scenes, like lighting scenes, are like a novelty or do you think you'll actually use them regularly? I use them regularly. Um, I think some of them are... No- okay, in general, not all, none of this is a necessity. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Everybody can just have normal light bulbs. Um, but I would say it's a novelty that I use in the sense that like even the like blue, the blues and the crazy colors, I'll use regularly. They're fun. They're like... They're not for everybody. Um, I wrestle with, is it cheesy or not? <laughs> but I, in general, I land on the, no, it's not cheesy. It's cool. No, I think Maybe it's cool. Again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I and what I'll have most of the day is actually the one I said, spring, spring Blossom is what it's called. And it's just like everything just has a little bit of a pink hue. That sounds really nice. So it's not, most of the time, I don't have these crazy scenes going. I just have normal lights, but I have it. It makes my house feel a little more cheerful, yeah. which I like. So it's not like Vegas in your house. It's but more like. No. <laughs> but I have it, and you can set up these scenes with like, Siri, too. Except for unless too. I use the Vegas yeah, setting. Yeah, I can be like, hey, one of them's like Motown. I can be like, hey, Siri. Oh, I won't say it. Set up 
Well, okay. Two, one way, set up Motown, and then all of a sudden, my house will like turn blue. And I can't. I haven't done this for the Motown one, but you can set it up so that it'll start like you. You can do it with HomeKit, so then it'll start playing Motown music if I wanted. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Okay, are you ready for my next next level though? Yeah. So I got a product. There's actually two Philip Hughes products that go side by side. One of them is a gradient light strip. So it's like a Philip Hughes light bulbs, but it is a strip of them and it's gradient. Um, and you've all seen these probably, the cheap version is just a strip of LED lights that change its colors, right? You've probably seen those. Yeah. So this one though has the ability to, each light can be a different color on the strip. Mm. So you can have like a gradient of lights or you can have, you know, like one corner of the light bulbs be blue, one corner be pink, whatever. But here's what makes it cool. It goes on the back of your TV and it plugs into a little box on your TV or that, that you buy and connect as well with this. And it analyzes the colors on your TV and it has the background lighting match the colors on your TV. Like match the actual show you're watching? Yeah. That's so cool. So like if I'm watching, let's say I'm watching a nature documentary and there's like a tiger in one corner, then the background light of that corner will be orange, but then the other corner will be green because there's a forest in the background. And then as Whoa. the tiger walks across the screen, the background light, the orange will walk across the screen. I've never heard of something like that. It is so Does cool. Does it really like enhance the kind of TV watching experience or? It's subtle. It's fun. All of this stuff you, is I feel fun. like if it wasn't subtle, that actually would take away it would be weird yeah well and they give you a lot of controls like you can make it more subtle or less subtle depending mm. on and more bright or less bright none of it is like oh my god it's completely changed the way i watch tv but it, it looks really cool it feels it feels very futuristic yeah uh and it's fun okay. so what my recommendation to you all is i mean if this sounds cool to you i would pick a room probably your tv room and set that up with a few smart lights and this gradient strip and this uh, it's called a hue uh, signal I think is the thing that analyzes the colors on your TV it's not cheap I would say the gradient light strip is between it's like between 150 and 200 dollars plus you have to spend another hundred dollars or maybe even more on the on the box on the box mm. so it's not cheap uh, it, and it's also completely unnecessary, but it's so much fun. <laughs> you're, that, so you're like going all out on your home system. Like it's a fun splurge because yeah. you know, for let's say for like four hundred bucks, maybe five hundred bucks, you could have your whole home entertainment room look really cool. And it works with music too, by the way. So it like the lights will start flickering on and off and adjusting colors based on music. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so it'll be like. But if you're if you're playing music on your Apple TV, or you mean just no, but you can connect it to. Uh, I know you can do it for Spotify. I don't know if you can do it for Apple Music. Oh, but you can connect it to Spotify, and it'll adjust everything in your room based on the song you're listening to. Oh, that's fun. So like the with the beat of the drum, it'll be like coming on and off. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, the smart lighting. Th that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and one really practical use of this too, by the way, is that it's. The, the smart functionality of it. So when I leave my house, all my lights turn off. I, when I go to bed, I say, turn off all the lights in my house and they all turn off. When I come home, the lights turn on and they turn on based on my preferences. So I'm really are, bad at turning off lights. So like, I'm like, I need this. Yeah, well, okay. But whatever savings you might make by turning off your lights are going to go right down the drain by how expensive this is. Yeah, it's true. But it's, I mean, it's useful, it's practical, but mostly it's fun. Yeah. The. I mean, I, I was just about to get into like how 
important lighting is. I feel like as I as I'm getting older, I have so much more appreciation for how much lighting sets the mood of, yeah. what, of like your house or a party or like the activity you're doing. Having being under fluorescent lights sucks. I think under totally. any circumstance, but having like setting cool moods, it really does make a difference. And so I do think it's you know not a bad investment. And some, I find myself, like, once you have these, you really appreciate it. Because I'll find myself constantly fussing, trying to find the perfect colors and, like, the yeah. right brightness. Because you can adjust the brightness levels, too. At minimum, too, I will say, if this sounds cool, but you're like, I don't need the novelty of it, the Hughes smart lights that are not colors are pretty affordable right now. And that is a very easy entry point. And they have like a nice starter kit. With they a have a starter and... kit that's often on sale. If you go to Philips Hughes, like it's like 40 bucks. I got it for 50 bucks for four light bulbs and a starter kit. So that was not crazy at all. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, I believe we are... I think we're done. I we're think we done. did it. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I also just wanted to... Um, Remind people, if you're an insider, that you get a special feed of this podcast that has none of the ads and um, has bonus content. And a lot of our insiders, I think, don't realize like how to subscribe to the special feed. So I just wanted to remind you, if you log into your account and go to the podcast tab, and do this in a browser on your iPhone. That way, there's like little buttons you can tap that will take you to the special feed Mm -hmm. URL to subscribe to our special feed. So do that from there and then it'll launch the podcast app and subscribe you there. And then you'll get your, your special no ads version of the podcast that way. Also a few other reminders. Number one, we have a video version of the podcast. So mm -hmm. if you watch this from home and you're relaxing, you can watch the video version. You can see Don and I, and you can see our fancy new studio with our well-lit studio because mood lighting is so important. Yeah. Uh, number two is, and that's for insiders and non-insiders. Number two. And they're through different feeds. So go to, like there's the iPhone Life podcast and then it's the iPhone Life video podcast. So if you're subscribing right now to the plain iPhone Life podcast, you're not going to get the video. Yes. There's nowhere there to get it. Search iPhone Life video podcast. Yeah, and you can also just view it. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, you can get it that way as well. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you all could please take a minute to review our podcast. That helps new people find it. And for uh, those who are not insiders, we keep this free. And that helps us to keep this free for you all. Um, so, and for insiders, you get so much bonus content. If you could just do us a favor and uh, rate the podcast, we'd appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. We'll insiders, be back in two weeks. Yeah, insiders, stick around. We got some bonus stuff for you. Mm -hmm.